Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie Harris, it is February the 26th. And I have some good news, bad news for you. All right, lay it on me. Well, here's the bad news. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. In the next three weeks, yes. basically, you and I are we are going to be a year older. <laughs> that's true. It's a good news, bad news I'm pretty thing. sure that's good news. Well, yes, that's how I perceive it too. <laughs> yeah. But even at, even at our age, it's a good news thing because it's better than the alternative. Yes. Right? I mean, Indeed. that's at the end of the day. So happy near birthday. Yes, you as well. Yes. Should I tell everyone how old you are? No, you may not. <laughs> Although I am accepting presents. Accepting <laughs> presents and suggested gifts. Would you like to suggest to the listeners the types of things that you would like to receive for your... Well, um, I for, haven't really thought about it yet. For your, th- th- for your 39th birthday plus 11. Would you like no, to suggest well, nice. to them things that you might want well, to receive? Well, I would say chocolate, but I'm pretty sure it would melt on the way to Puerto Rico. So yes. that's out. How about just best wishes? Just best wishes. Go to the Facebook page and uh, for both of us. I have an idea. Oh, that'd What's be that? a great idea. Go to Facebook or go to Google Business and give us a great review. But I'll tell you what would really be great is if they if those are who are really uh, you know wanting to make a, a contribution to something Julie loves and cares about, make a donation to the French Bulldog Rescue Network. Network. Yes. Yes. There you go. Easy to find on Facebook online. I think it's frbn.net. Yep. But yes, yeah, I would appreciate that. There you go. Definitely. So um, as far as uh, what to get for me, um, what should they get for me? Hmm. Hmm. So our birthdays are a year and three days apart, in case you guys haven't put all this together yet. Some of you might be thinking, oh, there must be twins. Now, I'll I'll (laughs) let you guys know closer to my birthday. What Actually, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll post up a uh, birthday list on the website. There you go. Yeah. A list of demands. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, in any event. So it's Friday, so we're a little bit casual, and we had a great week. Hopefully, you've had a great week, too. We are – this was our first week of doing our uh, master class and with a lot of other great coaches and leaders on Clubhouse every morning. And this morning's we're building momentum, having more people join us every single day. And if you're using the Clubhouse app, the masterclass starts every morning at 8 a.m. And again, it's not just Julie and I, it's a lot of other great coaches and influencer types. And we're being relatively particular. Well, not relatively particular. We're being very particular about who we allow to be a moderator on the panel because we really want to keep this to be very high quality, um, you know, no thinly veiled people trying to sell internet marketing secrets or any goofiness like that. So this, these are coaches that are genuinely trying to be of service to all of you. So yeah, Clubhouse, um, and it starts at 8 a.m. East Coast time. And if you're not on Clubhouse yet, I understand it's hard to get a access because it's still in beta test. That's fine. Um, just uh, it's going to go public soon enough. But do go to Clubhouse, uh, download the Clubhouse app onto your iPhone, and then at least reserve your name because once this thing goes public, it's going to be like the gold rush for people trying to grab their names. Kind of like in the olden days when the internet uh, went public and people were rushing to reserve their names. This was like back in the mid '90s. The same thing's going to happen on Clubhouse, and I'm sure if you're not tuned into the fact that. You know, this Clubhouse app is creating a phenomenon as far as a new version or a new way that social networking is going to evolve. And I really love it, to be honest with you. 
because it it cuts through all the Mickey Mouse. It cuts through the uh, you know the filters, and I mean that in the literal sense that are often uh, covering up what really is the at you know the information about who's trying to say what and why what their motivations are. When you hear somebody talk on Clubhouse, you can quickly discern uh, if you're you know old enough to basically have enough experience to decipher between people who actually have real content and those who are just sort of trying to wing it, your ear and your mind will quickly figure out who the people are that you should be focusing in on. And what a wonderful gift this technology is allowing for all of us. Uh, I mean, I was on there the other day and Elon Musk was doing a live conversation with a bunch of people. I mean, how badass is that? You know, it's literally, it's in no barriers to entry, a formal, an informal conversation with all kinds of different people all over the world. It's really quite amazing. And the rooms are all divided up so that you can make sure you're uh, focusing on things that are interesting to you. But I will suggest this too. And this goes in line with being a lifelong learner. Do intentionally pop into rooms that are not about things that you'd normally be interested in. Don't allow yourself just to be you know, caught in a constant echo chamber, which is one of the things that I think people are really disgusted by with a lot of social networking. You essentially are always being surrounded by the same information. It's the old echo chamber thing. And you never, you're never challenging yourself with uh, getting conflicting information to the beliefs that you think are you know, the only way to think. And this is what the clubhouse, uh, so far at least this is what clubhouse is allowing to have happen where people with different opinions i mean i was we were having conversations today in our uh, mastermind where people were talking about different forms of lead generation and longtime podcast listeners know that julie and i are definitely proactive lead generation based prospecting enhanced whether well, some we had a good natured conversation going on where people who had different perspectives as far as wanting to be marketing based and prospecting enhanced well the reality of it was they just wanted to be marketing based and never do any prospecting but i mean it was interesting to hear the different perspectives not for me necessarily but here interesting for all of you so you could actually hear not a debate but a conversation going on so you could see both sides of it it's a you know what julie i realized what it is too what? it's the socratic learning um method that's how mm-hmm. socrates basically ran his classrooms mm-hmm. where everyone would be in essence having to participate in um you know basically sure. discussing something and if there was and there was no never any real debate people would be able to ascertain their opinions based on what was just said mm-hmm. so this is evolving that's pretty cool following the socratic learning method which is cool yes and i just wanted to point out for those of you who are new to clubhouse as i am uh, getting used to using it i you mentioned go claim your name you mean their actual name no monkey business use your actual name oh yeah for sure okay so that's one point and then the second thing is i've had a lot of requests in my email to post on our facebook page the recordings of clubhouse there's no recordings of clubhouse right so you're there or you're not it's a one and done conversation and then it's over right which is really cool too because it's the whole fomo thing it's just like a real honest to god conversation you know, again, I, I really do think this technology is going to have legs. And I can I can easily see people wanting to maybe spend less time on some of the fakey-do type social networking things and start having real conversations with people. It seems more pure in a way. And I think of the – I mean, we're going to the business ones. I'm sure that there's all kinds of things on there. But yeah. um, of the ones that we've gone to, they have been pretty non-political, pretty uh, pure. You know, it's almost like I get this sense that – it's different because it's live and it's conversational. And so you don't get a lot of like the weird posting and very opinionated and, you know, people yelling at each other and getting into the, all these unprofessional behavior on other social media. 
So I like that. I, I like all that being gone. Yeah, me too. You know, and it is, so it's, it's I, again, of, I, I'm excited by it, honestly. Yeah, me too. So for those of you who are not on Clubhouse yet, you can, and unfortunately it's in beta test. Um, and again, we're doing another commercial for Clubhouse. They should be paying us. They should. But go, it's in beta test and it's only available on iPhone so far for the, you know, for those of you on Android, supposedly they're coming out with that soon. But do go and download the app and absolutely positively do reserve your name. So if your name's Bob Smith, you want to reserve that as fast as you can because as soon as this is out of beta and as soon as this goes open to the general public, like I said, you're going to see a gold rush of people trying to grab um, their names for their profiles. So get on that right away. That is going to be your takeaway. And those of you who have access to the app, um, please do attend our masterclass that happens every morning. Um, and again, it's not just Julie and I. It's a whole bunch of other people that we know, love, and respect who we care about their opinions because we know it will be beneficial to you in your real estate business and personal life. So moving forward, um, we did get some uh, stats out, the new stats on our podcast. It continues to grow, continues to be the nation's number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals. And this is the last commercial, I promise. And it is clear that it is expanding listenership, not because we're advertising and promoting it, because we don't. It's expanding membership because of all of your support and sharing the podcast with other folks. So we sincerely appreciate that. So please do consider that this uh, podcast, it is free education motivation uh, for all of you and the actions that follow hopefully will be helping uh, us to expand what we're trying to do for all the real estate community, which is BF Service. So can you please do us a favor and give us a five-star review on iTunes and do share this podcast with as many other people as you'd like. It That would be something we'd really... Uh, be forever grateful for. All right. So a couple days ago, we started um, talking about the importance of becoming a listing agent. And we did this in in the shadows of all of the information that's coming out about um, essentially downward pressures on buyer agent commissions. And that is something I think all of you need to be omnipresent aware of. And it's happening for a whole variety of reasons. And go back and listen to the past podcasts we've done on this very topic. But I'll just summarize it. Just due to what's going on in the marketplace right now, for it being the hottest seller's market in the history of real estate, most likely, you're going to see essentially the competitive forces of you know the market dynamics are going to you know go after commissions, and we're seeing that. Uh, with buyer agent commissions mostly, and the buyer agent commissions in some markets are being pushed not they're being pushed far below what would normally be expected. But most importantly, what Julie and I are paying attention to, and all of you should be paying attention to it too, is the fact that this might change the expectations of uh, the buyer agent commission being an entitlement to the transaction. In other words, Going forward, even if this market does shift, eventually it will, of course, into a more buyer's market or balanced market, you might very well see the lagging effects of buyer, I'm sorry, sellers not willing to pay a buyer's agent's commission anymore. In that case, you're going to start seeing buyer's agents either fade away and listing agents basically double ending a lot more of their homes, which frankly, I hope that doesn't happen because I think a buyer's better represented and frankly, a seller when they each have their own representation. Uh, but number two, you're going to see at the very least a shift in how buyers agents get their commission. It's very likely, and I bet you this starts happening like in a matter of weeks, if not months in certain markets of the United States, buyers agents are going to have to start presenting to buyers why they should be paid. Now, there's something else, uh, Julie, we did not touch on a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Because of this new the um, uh, the lawsuits that were uh, filed against uh, NAR specifically about commissions, there's going to be another little interesting uh, change that's going to happen where sell- the the commissions, the co-op commissions that are being paid, 
are going to be publicly displayed. So you're going to see public display of buyer agent commissions. And so that means the buyers and frankly, the world is going to start seeing what the commissions are. That means that a seller who just noticed their neighbor's house down the way sold for, a, you know, I'll just throw up a number, 2.5%, let's say. They're going to see that the house down the way sold for 2.5%. So why should they pay any more than that? So those are the types of, again, market forces that happen in a market like this. But this is just a temporary, and temporary could be years, by the way. This is just a temporary aberration in the normal market cycles. And when this inflationary cycle we're in now uh, starts to reverse itself into um, morph into something new, and then buyers are starting to be in control again, then you're going to see the commissions and you're going to see this downward commission pressure on the buyer side of the transaction. It's going to go back the other direction. But in the meantime, be very aware that if you're a buyer dependent, if your whole business is predicated on buyer sides, you're going to be feeling a lot of pressures from a lot of different ways that you haven't experienced before. And that's happening to a buyer, uh, you know, to a market near you like right now. Yes. And in fact, on previous podcasts, we started this out, developments on the buyer side that prove that, you know, for probably for years, we were warning them about the iBuyer pressures and all those things bubbling up and Zillow getting a piece of your lunch. But now, I mean, I wrote down off the top of my head, 10 reasons. I think we made it, I don't know if we talked about number seven, we're somewhere around seven or eight. We can have a little overlap the Seven's here. good. Yeah. So this is happening. Buyers getting sick of losing and going directly to the listing agent. That happens in normal times. It happens a lot now because they figure, you know, they're going to hedge their bets. If that listing agent is getting both sides, maybe there's an advantage to that. And by the way, this is a pickup from the podcast that we start, that we uh, did on Wednesday. So yesterday it was something different and today it's a continuation. So, yes. and when Julie says 0.7, if you want to hear the previous points, just skip back a couple of days. And that is a really valid point. And again, this is a, an interesting thing. Buyers get sick of losing and going directly to the listing agent. The listing agent's always going to have the competitive advantage when it comes to basically getting an offer accepted. Um, and look, the simple fact is, is the listing agent's going to have the most influence on the seller and the offer that the seller accepts. And I'm going to assume that listing agents are going to encourage the seller to take the offer that basically is bet, uh, best fit for that uh, particular seller's needs. Um, but look, what do they have? Inside information on what the seller actually wants and what's important to them. So they're going to have an advantage. So buyers are wising up. And you see this, frankly, you see this all the time in the upper end markets where the, mm-hmm. the buyers just go directly to the sellers. Yeah, they're absolutely. Not, I mean, they're Which is normal agents. in other countries. It's, right. not, it's only weird here. Well, the, again, no. drill down yeah. on that. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, so if you're buying a house in pretty much anywhere in Europe, for example, you're going to go to whoever has the listing. Not, I mean, directly to the brokerage. It's even kind of like smaller than that, right? It's not just going to the MLS and finding somebody. You're going, there's a brokerage that has 12 listings. If you want one of them, you go to the broker, they show it to you. Right. Um, In Australia, you go to the auction most of the time and you're not represented. You all show up at the same time. You all walk through the property at the same time. Highest and best, somebody's going to win and the rest of you will lose. What do you, I'm I'm just curious what your take is. So we obviously coach thousands of agents every mm-hmm. year and we have tens of I mean 10 million downloads on this podcast you know so I'm curious what your take is when the buyer's agents have to start actually justifying to the buyer like if a buyer actually has to start paying their own buyer yeah. agent commission I mean in some markets you're probably going to see 
the house being for sale for you know for it's uh, five hundred thousand, or if you bring your buyer's agent, it's five hundred thousand plus the buyer's agent commission. In other words, the seller's not going to pay it anymore. So when that starts happening, Julie, what do you think? What do you think? What kind of questions are you anticipating that we're going to start seeing from coaching <laughs> clients? Well, I think there's different stages to that. Right now, the stage is complete and utter outrage that they should be asked to have to deal with this. <laughs> Definitely, okay? absolute nonstop freakout on anything that agents post on. And so, they, but they don't know. But they're they're yeah. running to complaint mode. Right. Right, because they've, it's been an entitlement until now. Exactly. And they think yeah. that somehow they're complaining and they're complaining to their boards of realtors and their brokers no. is going to make any difference. Guys, this is market forces. This is how things are supposed to work. Yeah, it's out of your control. The market's taking care of this for you. Right. So I, I think stage one is freaking out and outrage, as happens with many other things in real estate. Uh, then number two would be acceptance and having to deal with it. So how do you deal with that? Well, you know, you're going to have to, one of the things I'm talking about in Facebook Live today is the buyer presentation. So why do agents not have an agreement with their buyers to represent them? It's because that requires you closing on it, right? You have to close. Closing is asking for something. Well, the close is the logical ending to a great presentation. Most agents fail at that because there was no presentation. The buyers don't know what to expect. They don't know what you're committing to for them or what they're supposed to commit to for you. So when you ask them, they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's why it's not a kind of a universal thing. Um, I have seen some agents go to a flat fee representation as well. Um, so I, I think we're in a transition mode. And I do think you're right that on the other side of this, the trend away from standard issue buyer commissions will have been affected long term as it normalizes to perhaps right. have to do things differently. But, but consider this. Yeah. So we teach agents primarily, our main focus is teaching agents how to be listing agents. Yes, that's what, that's that where, is the real answer. That is the real but answer. That's a really short podcast, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> but here's yeah. my point. Yeah. When we teach them how to have you you know unique selling propositions. We teach them how to actually um, you know be experts and be professionals and what to say and how to say it. It's a-, a Provide a, value. It requires, as you say, mental labor. Whereas working with buyers in the past has required physical labor. Yes. In other words, you have to go out and open the doors and show the houses, but it's mostly a social experience. And yet, really, it's not that it's fun, mostly. I mean, I'm not saying working. It was in the past. I'm not saying working with buyers is fun necessarily, but compared to working with sellers where you have all these little idiosyncratic details and emotions and you have to combine Dr. Phil meets a little bit of, you know, Ernie the accountant. Sure. I mean, the whole yeah. thing, right? I mean, that's being that's a listing. It, it requires skill. Yeah. That's the reason most people gra- gra- uh, gravitate towards working with buyers because yeah. it's easier. It is. Um, but what in the, what if in the near future, like coming to a real estate market near you, you now have to have the skill set to explain to that buyer why you're worth whatever your commission is worth? That's it. Which right? is similar to being a listing agent, and they've, exactly. they they have not point. yet experienced that at this level. They haven't. They haven't had this massive amount of pressure Mm-mm. to have to up their game. When we had our real estate team mm-hmm. and we had seven buyers agents working for us, mm-hmm. they had a buyer presentation, which yep. they also get as part of our premier coaching program. Mm-hmm. And the buyer presentation basically walks through the with the buyer why they'll want to work with you know you as a buyer's agent and explaining how the whole process works and who's paid and what's paid. Um, but at the end of that presentation, it was still the assumption that the commissions were always being paid by the seller, be it the builder or be it the FISBO or be it the, you know, be it the, uh, you know, the co-op or whatnot. In this new world where you're going to have to most likely explain to the buyer why you're worth whatever you're worth, 
it's going to require a whole new rethink about why, what value you actually bring to that buyer. So you're going to have to learn how to prove that you are worth it when it comes to negotiating, when it comes to making sure that they're going to have a home inspection result that they want. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the one that's going to have to show them that you have the value that merits the fee that they will be paying, not the co-op will be paying, not that's going to be an entitlement to the, uh, to the transaction. Now, again, we are you know ahead of our skis with what we're seeing and what we're predicting is going to happen in the market, but it's really quite obvious that this is the direction that buyer agency is going to go. Um, and if I'm correct, and lenders out there, I know we have a lot of lender listeners, I believe that Fannie Freddie does allow uh, buyers to finance in a buyer agent commission into their financing, into their mortgage loan. So you'll have to confirm her and let me know if that's true or false. Yes. And I, I'd be really curious. I haven't read the regulations since really probably about 10, maybe 15 years, but it was legal then. It was. And so I'm not sure if it I'm is now. I'm checking on that for our Okay. Yeah. But that is something. That's that, a solution. That is the solution, really. Yeah. But still, that buyer agent or that you buyer. You still have to ask for it. You, you still have to present it. You still have to make that a unique selling proposition. And now you're going to have to yeah. explain to the buyer why not only are they going to finance in your buyer agent commission, but now because they're financing it in, they're going to have to pay interest on the buyer agent commission over well, 30 years. Lucky for all of us, interest rates are low, but still, yes. you still have to be able to explain it. So I, I think that all of this is forcing buyer's agents to have a higher level of skill and also very clearly demonstrating that the listing agent has the advantage. In the interim, what you're seeing is buyer agent commissions being reduced. And uh, there's been a lot of anecdotal... Even fact- systematically reduced. Right, exactly. So buyer agent commissions are going to continue to be reduced. But what you're going to see is in many markets, the total commission that a seller might pay is going to be something like 4%. But the listing agent's not going to split that evenly with you. They're not obligated to do that. Nope. The listing agent's going to keep 3% or something like that. So this is the nature of what happens when you're not in control of the inventory. And that ultimately is the reason we want all of you to focus on being listing agents. If you have only so much time in the day and so much energy to focus, you better be spending that time and energy on things that are actually going to make a meaningful impact on your business and personal life, also known as becoming a listing agent. Indeed. So uh, along those lines, you know, one of the things that you should be, I mean, it's very clear, uh, providing value to your buyer clients is not just using the MLS. I mean, we talked about this in the uh, Facebook Live session with our coaching clients. You Part of your value, literally at this point, is finding them the right house for them, finding them any house to look at, finding the right house for them. And, you know, that's why we have How to Find Inventory. We've done podcasts on that. We've got coaching on that. Um, that's going to be part of the book that I'm, mini book I'm writing on all this. Um, so let's get back to our list. But of course, you know what we're trying to yeah. do is we're just trying to be crafty and, tri- and trick all these buyers agents and learning how to be listing agents. Well, you be- know. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> when you're trying to sell to a buyer why you're worth your commission, you're also probably going to have to incorporate it in the fact that you're going to be soliciting, calling, prospecting, proactively lead generating, dare oh. we say, <laughs> the uh, sellers that are not listed in the MLS. And in doing so, <gasps> you might learn how to prospect and learn how to be a listing agent of expires yes. and FISBOs. You see what we're doing? Doing. We're mm. tricking you, buyer agents, <laughs> into actually becoming listing agents. This is the direction you yes, should go Yes, and back anyway. to our list of reminding you my, why that might be a good idea. Yep. Uh, point number eight, buyers are paying sellers a cash bonus to accept their offer. That's absolutely happening. Now, that started in California, and I think I expect that to move through the country. In other words, buyers are knocking on the door of said house that is for sale and offering said seller a commission, a, a, commission, cash, bonus. a cash bonus for accepting their offer, thus bypassing listing agent, buying agent, and going directly to the seller. Yes, which now we're not attorneys, and you know I believe that that does not wreck anybody's agency. It's between the buyer and the seller. Well, let's not even. You know, I'm just saying because that's their argument is, oh, that's not legal. I, I 
I, I know it's happening. I don't so. think I honestly that would be a big unknown for us, and we're not advocating yeah. this. We're just telling you, reporting on what's going on. Yeah. Um, but that is happening, and it, again, we have coaching. Fortunately, we're blessed to have coaching clients in pretty much every corner of the United States. And they're the ones that are giving us real market news as far as what's going on. Um, again, uh, that's not something that we're advocating. Please don't assume. We're reporting on. We are not. Uh, we are just your humble real estate coaches. <laughs> or in your case, in many cases, we're your humble real estate podcasters, hoping that one day yeah. you consider us to be your coaches. Well, and that's happening in two different areas. One is to accept their offer, period. And the other one, I've seen this is to stop looking at other offers and just choose mine now and yep. not leave it open to collect more offers for two more days. So, right. you know, versions of this. All right, point number nine, and we've talked about this before, Zillow eroding buyer side commissions as well as rerouting leads to in-house agents. I have evidence of that. Oh, definitely. Already. Of course. I have texts that our coaching clients have sent us where they were checking on something and the script that comes back to them is they the Zillow person does ask, you know, are you working with an agent? If they can't show you it to you right away, we have an in-house agent that can meet you this afternoon. Well, this was the fear of showing time, right? And that's ultimately, like, and agents, it was, <laughs> I have to say, these guys, these apologists for Zillow, they have the hardest jobs ever. For so, sure. So when Zillow says they're not going to essentially use showing time to give them a competitive advantage in the marketplace and do exactly what Julie just said, they swear up and down they're not going to. All, look, God bless Zillow, one of the most brilliant real estate companies ever created, Created by some of the smartest, you know, totally in admiration. Julie and I are fanboy and girl of what Zillow did. But as real estate coaches, don't do business with Zillow. They're not your partners. They're not trying to reinforce your business. And of course, just like they swore up and down that they were going to never get into the brokerage business. Uh-huh. And yeah. Julie and I and a lot of other people for years, Gary Keller, were telling you, do not do business with Zillow. Learn to generate your own leads. Do not do business with Zillow. Eventually, they're going to ask for a portion of the commission. Some of you said, oh, they're never going to ask for a portion of the commission, referral fees. Oh, and guess what happened? Mm. Then we said they're going to form a brokerage. Oh, they're never going to form a brokerage, the real estate Zillow apologist said. And what did they do? And it's just going to continue. And so when they say they're not going to uh, misdirect or direct showing time buyer requests uh, to their agents as they uh, expand um, you know, throughout the country and maybe even internationally, you got to really be remembering all their uh, past history <laughs> with saying they weren't going to do something yeah. and just ended up doing it. Of course they are. Why else would they paid a half a billion dollars for an application that sets up showings? I mean, clearly. Hmm, curious, don't you think? <laughs> they saw it as a killer yeah. lead funnel. They're going to have those requests come in. They're going to have someone pre-qualify them. They're going to then try to peel out the listing leads. They're going to funnel those leads to their agents. No, they're not going to sell those leads to you anymore after they open up a competing brokerage. All the while, you're going to be left basically saying, what are my options? You know, And that is the reality of agents who never learn how to be proactively generators. Indeed. Okay, so our last point is number 10. This is an interesting development. Buyers getting licensed themselves to create commission and or negotiate for themselves. Seen that several times. Okay, so like it's just this never-ending list of pressure on the buyer side. Now, there is an interesting twist to this that some of uh, my coaching clients and probably some of yours have done, which is on purpose getting people in their center of influence, sometimes their own past clients, licensed so that they are more motivated to send listing referrals. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bird dog. And, and they get an actual referral fee for it. They're right. curiously more motivated when you're quite literally paying them for leads. Wouldn't you rather pay 
a past client a little referral fee versus paying Zillow. Well, that's been I mean, a that's been a business system. Well, Sandy Rains, who we used to compete yeah. with in New Albany, she uh-huh. she was excellent at that. She yeah. all the gals in New Albany uh, that were essentially running the entire community. It's a she, brilliant idea. She'd get them licensed, and then that's what she was. Yeah, definitely, it's a great way to create a nice internal incentive, embedded you know basically network of people that are little birds that are going to be you know telling you for about sure. listing leads and getting paid for it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, too. so that's the twist to that actually happening. But okay, before we wrap up, I have two little things that um, I want to make sure everybody's clear on. We have been hearing a lot about, you know, when you're competing on the buyer side, doing the whole love letter to the seller from the buyers, you know, (laughs) please sell your house to me because my small family is looking forward to Christmas in the morning and whatever. Okay. Well, NAR has made it very clear that that is a fair housing violation. And I thought, first I thought, how's that? And it's because it's um, family and it's revealing your religion, which I think is kind of a stretch. But what if it's but coming it's directly fair housing. from the, what if it's okay, coming? Okay, let's that's yes. the question. Well, let now. me ask my question. Okay. What if it's coming directly from the buyer to the seller, not throwing flowing through the hands of the brokers? Yes. Okay, so NAR knows that that will happen anyway, and their stance on that is that's fine, but don't write the letter for them. They don't even want you to read the letter. So they they want no agent involvement in that because of the fair housing um, you know, risk. That's what they and I'm actually I've actually I'm posting that for our coaching clients. So they're suggesting that the buyer the se- can do it if they want to, but the listing agent is not to coach them on it and not yeah. to write it for them. Hmm. Interesting. That's well, what I thought. I just want them to not get in trouble. You know, when I run across things like this, like from my you know uh, business perspective, I think, well, I don't understand it, but the reality of it is, is I do kind of understand it mm-hmm. because if you are, say, for example, wanting, if you're a buyer wanting to buy a house, and let's just say you're a single person with a dog, yeah, and then somebody else is able to write this big long, you know, love letter to the seller mm-hmm. explaining why there are three children and you know they're I don't know handicapped puppy and I don't even know what <laughs> right. they're 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 parrot they're yeah. one eyed parrot I mean they can write this really you know beautiful love you know really playing the hearts into the heartstrings I can see how that would put Mister Single yeah. Buyer with a dog at a disadvantage. I know, and so what? What? Where mine go, mine goes to it too? Because I have to. And the opposite of, could also be true too, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, think about it for a second, Julie. So if you have somebody who's trying to make an offer on a property that's like in a patio home area, mm-hmm. and 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 let's just say a, you know the seller is probably going to keep connections with all their previous neighbors and all their and it's basically a bunch of people with no kids. And that buyer's trying to have an advantage over, say, for example, other potential offers that might come in where the people have kids, thus making the neighbors, yeah. you know, at, you know, uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the change in the the feel of the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could spend it's it a both total ways. rabbit hole, okay? Yeah, because but look it can at be avoided. This, it makes sense. Well, but so where my mind went, because I know agents are doing this, there was a big discussion this morning that I saw about uh, veteran buyers being at a disadvantage because it's a VA loan. A lot of agents are anti-VA loans. They're not looked at as good as conventional there's less money down well, blah, but, blah 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 but but why but they're sending wanted letters to veteran full communities i mean think about when we lived in texas there's veterans everywhere oh yeah By and so head. they're saying i'm a veteran i have a va loan but i'm i'm good for it i'm looking you know for somebody that will be friendly to me as a veteran and some of these letters are even saying i'm a disabled veteran interesting sideline if you are if they're if you are working with a disabled vet, they actually get a better deal uh, if they have that documentation. So, so just so I'm clear. So are, they're not marketing that. If you're a disabled vet, are you allowed to work with your broker and agent to send said letter? I'm not positive that that's true because handicapped and I, I, don't, I know. don't know. Is confusing. it a protected class? So yeah. all I'm saying, because I'm not an expert on this, it's, it's one of my little threads that I'm following, is to be careful. 
and to, you know, research this before you get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what the real punchline here is. Become a listing agent. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, okay. Like, now, it, it, yeah. speaking of which, okay, so the other little twist, uh, and I'd like to discuss this on Clubhouse perhaps tomorrow morning because there's some lenders that are hanging out there, is instead of, you know, putting all your juice between, behind a pre-approval letter, which obviously is better than pre-qualified. We talk about the ultimate addendum, et cetera. You know, it's important. Just yeah. Let me just, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But those two terms mean absolutely nothing. There's no legal standing between pre... I hear no, people say this and They'll they're like, the a pre-approval is not worth anything. You want a pre-qualified letter. They're both worth nothing. Those are just BS terms. Yes. Yeah, so here's the trend. Okay. Two things. We talked about having the lender call the seller and vouch for the buyer that we're actually through underwriting. But better than that is to actually achieve loan commitment is what you're actually exactly. going for. And yes, it is possible. And I think a lot of agents don't realize this because they haven't really had to do it. It is possible to achieve total loan commitment before you're actually in contract. And that's the equivalent of a cash offer. Is that even loan commitment that's not subject to uh, appraisal? It's subject only to finding the house, only to identifying the house. And then the appraisal is dealt with separately, whether that's going to be uh, you know, embedded or not. And I also am investigating, there are lenders who are waiving appraisals. The lender's waiving the appraisal. Right. So all of these things make a, a stronger offer. But I want to be clear that it's, it's actual loan commitment, which is loan approval, that you're striving for. And that's way more powerful language than any pre-approval or pre-qual letter. So two ways to use that. As a buyer, obviously, you now want to give your buyer a competitive an offer. You know, and then as a listing agent, you want to be asking for lenders' letters that are not these flaky lenders' letters that do actually have show a loan commitment. And by the way, it's called the ultimate addendum. It's on our mm-hmm. website for Harris Learning. You just log into Harris Learning if you're a coaching client, and you can download that. That and the uh, ultimate addendum is used for lists. So, listing agents, you receive an offer on one of your listings. It's fully acceptable. Everyone's happy, buyer, seller, everyone. But the only thing I want you to do is send that back to the buyer side. Uh, and then you need to have the the buyer uh, and the buyer's agent basically send back a lender's letter that is not subject to the verification of anything, basically. In other we, words- We the, go through the whole list of- Right. The whole list. We cover all the little gray areas where, you know, essentially those types of things that often come out right before the loan's supposed to close or the deal's supposed to close and where the deals blow up. So you want to sort that out, but that'll give you more powerful uh, buyer than you would otherwise have, assuming they're not cash. And by the way, all cash offers are very rarely all cash offers. They're based, you need to, you know, there's a whole different bit of coaching on our website about that. As far as uh, on the buyer side, again, you will be put in a stronger position if the lender letter that you uh, submit along with your offer is essentially as good as cash. So there's all these great things that you need to be taken into consideration to be more com- market competitive in a marketplace like this. But again, this is something that, you know, you guys listen to our podcast every day. Some, a lot of you are in our coaching programs. You are attending our clubhouse events every morning. If you listen, the pain points are always on the buyer sides of the transactions. Always. They're not on the listing side. So if you have a choice, just use your intelligence. If you have to focus on being a listing agent or a buyer's agent, you obviously want to choose to be a listing agent. And guys, do not believe for a second there's not lots and lots of opportunity out there on the listing agent side. Again, use your intuition with what I'm about to say. The very fact that so much of the marketplace tells you to chase buyers when you're in real estate and all this emphasis is on buying buyer leads and all the rest of it, that means that most people's minds and energies are going to focus on the buyer side of the transaction, which means you have less competition on the listing side of the commission on the, on the transaction. But the reality is on the listing side, you're going to have to have a skill set because generally speaking, you're going to be dealing with true professionals or at least people that are professionally 
<laughs> professional ask. And by the way, guys, I want to remind yeah. you, if you've not yet downloaded your 2021 business plan, it's not too late. Just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And we'll text you back a link to download the real estate treasure map as well as Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. I saw you yes. write something down. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm creating a conglomeration of all of these thoughts into a mini book. Good. Um, and so I was reminding myself to add to the finding inventory, the thought about mm-hmm. getting your friends licensed and doing the referral because that's not in there. Yeah, good. So, just all little right. things, little morsels. Yeah. So guys, we are forward deployed in action. Safety's off. We are doing whatever it takes to keep you guys um, on the leading edge of what's happening in the real estate markets. Uh, please do tune in and listen to us every day. Your homework from today's uh, podcast is if you can get on um, you know, Clubhouse. And uh, if you are on Clubhouse, please do join us every day. And that's uh, number one. Number two is to do share this podcast with as many other folks as you can. Do please support what we're trying to do for you by giving us a five-star review on iTunes, giving us a Google business review, um, a Facebook business review. Help us, support us, and we'll continue to do the same for you. This is a podcast that has grown into something that's far beyond what we ever expected it to in terms of the uh, benefit to the real estate communities in the United States and around the world. We're listened to in almost 60 different countries. It's something quite extraordinary. It's our truly our honor to be your podcast uh, hosts, future uh, real estate coaches. Thank you for choosing us. It's our, and again, it, from the bottom of our hearts, it's truly our honor. Um, and yeah, you guys have a fantastic weekend. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.